Welcome to episode two of Unexpected Answers, brought to you by Golden Dental Solutions out of Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Dr. Nancy Gill, and I am here with my husband, Dave. Hello. We are talking today about some topics that you may not know come up in the dental office on a regular basis. Today's topic is breastfeeding. Wait a second. You guys talk about that in the dental office? Every day. I actually just had a conversation with someone on Friday just about breastfeeding, and she didn't know how good of a job she did <laughs> until we start looking at her son. Because you gave her a pat on the back she wasn't expecting when I she did. walked into the dental office. <laughs> I did, because breastfeeding isn't only about the antibodies and all the good stuff that we give our children and that bond that's created, but there's actually a form and function part of it as well that we're going to talk about today and how oh. it relates to dentistry. All right, because <laughs> I am wondering... <laughs> Right. So I didn't breastfeed for very long, just as a beginner note here. Um, I was just starting my training. Our daughter was born in 2013. I started my training out in Las Vegas the end of 2012. So everything that we're going to say, this is not punishment for not breastfeeding. This is just awareness and maybe you can help a friend. But then in a future episode, we're also going to talk about how to fix things that may have occurred for maybe not breastfeeding at all, or maybe for not as long as you could have or, or couldn't have or whatever, whatever that answer may be. Yeah. So bottom line is, uh, you know, we, th there's some things we're going to share today that wish we wish we would have known when we had our daughter as a newborn that we now know. And it's like, oh my gosh, people need to hear about this stuff because right. just in yeah. case. Yeah. Right. So we're going to start off by, um, our experience and what happened with us. So daughter is born, we're in the hospital, lactation consultant in the hospital, spent a couple of days with her. I think Cece was taking from me for a couple of days there, mm -hmm. but she wasn't gaining weight. And we went in then to a lactation consultant outside of the hospital um, in Denver here. It was um, a very specialized group where a woman owns a practice and women sit around and breastfeed and they weigh the baby before and they weigh the baby after and just to see how efficient the baby's eating. It just seems like a really interesting social experience to have y'all sitting around like that. Well, it did was. You guys, did you guys talk during that? Or? Yeah, we did because it takes sometimes a little while for the baby to eat. So yeah, you made friends and you're all in this together. And sometimes it's a real struggle for people because either the baby's not taking or they're spitting up afterwards or whatever it may be. In so it was event. like probably therapeutic in a way. It was therapeutic. Yeah. My mom came with, and so she never got to experience that. We were None of us were breastfed. So I mean, that was an interesting experience for her as well. When I was feeding Cece, she was taking quite a bit, like three to four ounces, which was great, but it was taking her forever, like a really long time, like probably like a good solid, like half hour. So you can imagine that it was like, go to sleep, wake up, cry, breastfeed, go to sleep. <laughs> and this cycle would just go on. Except the go to sleep part the for us was day. But that wasn't, that wasn't very good either. Um, but in any event, they labeled her at a period of time, failure to thrive. And to a mom, that's really kind of a devastating term because all you want to do is provide for your child and give them food and what they need to survive. And apparently I wasn't doing that. So she wasn't gaining weight as she should have. And eventually 
we found that when she took from a bottle that she took it way easier. And so I just wanted her to eat. And when she took from the bottle, she ate really well. It was efficient and she gained weight. So I just kind of stuck with it. And, you know, you were able to see how much she was eating. And then, you know, of course, Nancy being a dentist, uh, it's, you know, she could have taken three months off if she wanted. Sure. But she own, you know, has her own practice and it's, that's kind of like choosing to not be paid for three months too, because it wasn't like she got, you know, maternity leave of some sort. Right. Um, And leaving all the patients outstanding without treatment and a lot of them needed treatment. And I didn't have an associate at the time, so it was just me. It was, it was really difficult. So I went back after a month. a month. So I knew I had to pump. If I was going to breastfeed at all, I knew I had to pump at least to get milk or switch to formula. And I, I just chose to pump. So I did that. Um, I didn't know the impact of the, of the breasts that it would have. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is we didn't realize how big of a deal switching from breast to the nipple of a bottle, just how much that would actually impact our daughter's development. Right. Yeah. So think about the size. Now, as I look at Dave, you know, he puts this little smirk because, uh, <laughs> because the size of breast of the breast <laughs> versus the nipple of a bottle. Just that you can just imagine baby's mouth, right? If it forms around a small nipple of a bottle, it's going to be tiny. It's, it doesn't take much work. If you if you hit a bottle on your wrist to check the temperature, the milk just pours out, right? It doesn't take much effort on a baby's part. So those muscles get really lax when they're eating and the nipple just kind of lays on the floor of the mouth and baby eats away. And is it almost like a, like a straw, almost like in a way? Right. Like- it kind of forms like a narrow pathway in the mouth. So teeth start to grow or the jaws, I guess I should say, they don't teeth yet. Hopefully not. <laughs> the jaws tend to grow more narrow and when they grow more narrow, there's not really any room for the tongue. Okay, so that's that's part one. Now, let's think about the breast. So breast, typically when you're engorged with milk, they're a little larger. And baby puts that in the mouth. And as the baby starts to feed, it is work. Eating from a breast is not lax. It takes a lot of muscles. It takes the antagonist muscles. It takes the tongue to be lifted up on the breast. And then kind of an in and outward motion of the tongue against the palate is what actually makes the milk exude out. And so now think about that formation. Tongue is naturally being stretched underneath of it. Tongue is being pushed to the palate of the mouth. And then the side muscles of the cheeks are being worked as well with the tongue. So they're all working together. So is it almost like, um, I mean, it sounds like a baby mouth workout really, but Is it a similar motion to almost like what they'll be doing when they eat food later? I mean, more so than if they're sucking from the nipple from a bottle? Some of those, yeah. I mean, like chewing muscles, there's a lot of books out right now about chewing earlier rather than later to develop the jaws. And yes, those muscles are the same. It's the same reason. It's the same theory behind it that if we start eating and chewing those muscles earlier on instead of slop, because they often say, where the heck did this whole next part uh, after breastfeeding or, or formula feeding, where did it come in that the babies are supposed to have cereal with like sloppy cereal? You know, they, they say, don't introduce real foods, just have sloppy cereal. And then pouches were developed, which, gosh, thank goodness for the ease of the pouch. But <laughs> it, it, again, is forming that sucking motion inward with the cheeks. So when a baby sucks on a pouch, it's... right. Yeah, and, and the pouches and the, we're talking about the veggies and fruit and stuff that they sell, and with okay. the little twist tops, and right. then and then the baby, you know, the young kid's not 
chewing on something to help exactly. form their palate. Exactly. Or their jaws in general. They're just kind of the sucking motion. So it's easy and it's very convenient for parents. Don't get me wrong. But perhaps um, pouches should be maybe an extra bonus instead of an everyday thing. Mm. Um, if I was to look at it that way. So if the baby is breastfeeding, when you have a child then develop at the age of three, when they usually have all their teeth going into four, going into five, we should see spaces in a child's mouth everywhere. So a lot of people, jokingly, we talked with friends one time and they said, hey, do they do Invisalign for kids? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, like, can we do like a little orthodontic thing? You know, there's too many spaces in, in my son's mouth and we kind of want to like, you know, cinch them together. Like, no, that's perfect. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. There should be spaces everywhere because the permanent tooth is one and a half to two times the size of a baby tooth. And yes, there's natural growth that does happen in the jaw naturally. But if we want to help it out, we need some space in order for those teeth to come in properly and for them to exfoliate properly and to come out properly. So all those things are important. And so you're saying the the way a baby's teeth you know a young toddler's teeth are going to look in the spacing they have mm -hmm. starts with how they were fed as a newborn oh day one yep yeah from day one i know it's a really interesting process and a lot of people are very surprised when they hear that because it really isn't something that's talked about in the hospital yes we talked about antibodies and all of the good benefits of mom's milk and and all that and now formula is making a lot of vitamins minerals and all that kind of stuff in there too to help the baby but they don't talk about the form and function and why it's important for that reason. So the physical action of breastfeeding is is, is important, not just the actual content of mama's milk. Right. So um, funny little side story I got to tell you that relates, in a, and I promise it's relevant, but, um, you know, in a dental office, there's like all kinds of magazines, and you sit, you know, there, as you're sitting in the waiting room, there's all kinds of magazines to look through. And while uh, when we're in the, the dental, in Nancy's office on the weekend, sometimes one thing we'll do is we'll open the mail and, we'll get new magazines. And of course, uh, I got a new Entertainment Weekly and I wanted to replace the old one for Nance in the front office area. And I was looking at the front of this and it was a picture, uh, Julie Roberts was on there. And she has this big smile and I was like, Nance, look at this, look at Julia Roberts' smile. It is amazing how many teeth in her <laughs> mouth you can see when she smiles, you can see like almost every tooth all the way to the back. And what is what are you saying? What and I walk saying? by and I'm like, yeah, she's probably breastfed. <laughs> <laughs> so one may look at Julia Roberts and say, wow, she's so beautiful. Her smile is so gorgeous. And I just say, that woman was probably breastfed. So if you're wondering like if dentists <laughs> on a regular basis, if you're in conversation with them, are, are they staring at your teeth? Yeah, they probably are. <laughs> Smiles are really important. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, just to look pretty, but also so you can breathe and be healthy and all sorts of things we're going to talk about. Everything this podcast is about. So the other thing we wanted to talk about is because we know how frustrating it is as well for moms that can't breastfeed. So we want to talk about ways to know if you're being maybe led astray or maybe not being told the whole truth. Like right, if your baby about... has trouble breastfeeding that, you know, another question you could ask or some right. other questions you could ask. Right. So we're going to talk about tongue ties. And a lot of moms have probably, or dads, have heard this in the hospital where the lactation consultant may or may not look for a tongue tie in the baby. I know when my sister gave birth, she said, I honestly don't even remember them looking. They basically handed me a bottle of formula. It wasn't even a thing. Yeah. At least in the hospital where I delivered, they were open to having a lactation consultant come in. Well, and before we go on, um, 
You got to explain what a tongue tie is. What oh, is a yes. Tongue tie? Sorry. So when you lift up your tongue, there is a little muscle attachment that attaches to the floor of the mouth. And everybody has one to some degree. It's not like you're supposed to be lacking one at all. It's just a degree of attachment that there is and how thick the band of tissue is. So obviously, if the tissue is very, very thick and it extends from the front to the back, you're going to notice that you can't totally lift the tongue to the roof of the mouth. So you should be able to lift the tongue to the roof of the mouth with no problem when you're open at a normal opening. So not being overextended, but being open pretty large. Yeah, and so if, you, if your mouth's open, the tip of your tongue should touch, you should be able to reach it up there. And even more than tip. Like mm. you should have about like two thirds up there. Mm. You should be able to do that pretty easily. But not like you're stretching your jaw as wide as you can. But right. But like normal. Open, yeah, normal opening, like if you're going to take a bite of a sandwich how far that would be open, then you should be able to stick your tongue with like two thirds of it should be able to rest up there on the roof of your mouth. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to do it, and don't worry because, oh my gosh, I bet about 80% of the people that we see on a daily basis have some degree of a tongue tie. It just depends on if they have any symptoms because of it. So what we're saying is that it impacts typical breastfeeding with a mom and a baby. So sometimes the lactation consultant isn't very aggressive you know, and they'll lift the baby's tongue up and they'll see, oh, that baby's fine. But then the baby still has trouble nursing and they'll say, oh, well, it's probably mom. You know, I, I know that one of our dear friends, she was told in the hospital that it was the formation of her breast that was causing the baby not to take from her. And um, the the baby turned into a, a young boy and that young boy has a very, very thick tongue tie which which we'll get back to that but i was just gonna just end. sort of jump in and say how tough it must be on a new mom to hear hey your baby has trouble breastfeeding and oh by the way your it's boobs are you. it's because your boobs are shaped funny right i mean that is so not even true that is not even it's just sad that anyone would ever approach it like that because typically it's going to be a tongue tie or a lip tie. And a lip tie is when the underside of the top lip has a tie as well. So either one of those can make the lips not seal around the breast and not able to get the milk efficiently or effectively. Um, yeah. So, I mean, definitely if there's trouble doing that, get a second opinion is what I would do. I mean, if I had to go back to it, I would probably have, Cece's is pretty flexible, um, and she's, we've done exercises to stretch her quite a bit, but um, I think that she would have had more mobility of it had she been clipped really early on. Um, and what's that like when you say clipped? Right. What are you talking about? So what they'll do is a pediatric dentist that specializes in infant, newborn, um, tongue tie releases is what they call them is they'll get a piece of um, they'll get the tissue underneath there and they'll get either scissors or they'll get a laser and they'll actually just release that tissue and I see I see Dave looking at me really really funny it sounds really painful well number one it's a newborn but number two um, newborns from what I remember a lot of newborns get circumcised in the hospital like within hours of being born and you're saying this is probably not nearly as bad as that I just feel like, I mean, if you can get your penis snipped, I feel like you can get your tongue snipped. Maybe they can do it at the same time for mm. the people that have those things done. Yeah, let's clean those <laughs> tools off before we switch body In parts. In my opinion, it is very, very important um, for the life of this child and for the development of this child. And, you know, maybe, maybe more important than the penis. I don't know.
And so uh, our daughter's uh, five and a half now, but this was, it impacted her ability to breastfeed when she was a newborn in yes. ways that we didn't even really understand at the time. Right. right. All of that gas that was coming up, all that like lack of efficiency, um, how it took forever for her to feed, that was all because of that stinking tongue tie. And so now that she got older, when she started, when she was three and four, you know, we'll talk about myofunctional therapy later down the road and how that affected all of that and how we were able to treat her later on. But had she been released early on, I don't think we would have had any of those issues. So with the the gas and the and all that you're talking about, mm -hmm. what, what did the tongue tie have to do with that? Because they can't latch properly. They can't get a really full latch because their tongue is lazy like their tongues tied to the floor of their mouth like so think about seal you can't like get that suction properly so then the baby will kind of it, it's painful the baby will come to like the very last part of the nipple like the very tip of the nipple and they'll get milk out but their whole mouth isn't embraced around the breast and so because of that they're just getting it at, at the very end and mom moms will get bloody nipples and it's a very, very painful, which makes them not want to do it again. The baby is getting gassy. They're not comfortable. They have to be burped several times. And it's just not an efficient way. So that is, that's a sign that there's probably a tongue tie. Because babies instinctually, if there is something in between there. In between their gums? In between their gums, they want to go at it. I mean, you put your finger in there, they want to go at it. They they have that instinct. And so their instinct isn't, it's just to get the milk. You know, they don't, they'll instinctually grab on to whatever they can with whatever anatomical features they can use. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So should we talk about tongue tie? Going back yeah. to the story? Yeah. Okay. So we are talking about the how to check each other, right? So you can look at your spouse or your partner. Um, you can look at your kids and see if they have a tongue tie. And it might give you some answers if they're older. It might give you some answers from when they're younger, right? And, and a big tongue tie, you're saying that would be like um, a muscly tissue that connects the tongue to the, the floor of the mouth. Right. Maybe like the whole length of the underside of could the tongue. Could be the whole length. It could be, be a bad. section of it. Um, it. A really aggressive one is if they stick their tongue out and their tongue looks like a heart. Mm. That's a very, very so advanced center, tongue tie. So the center of the tongue is being almost held Hold. in place. Yes. And they're trying to push around the rest yes, of it. Yes, exactly. So it'll mm. look like a heart. Mm. Um, and then obviously if you lift it up with your two fingers, like one on each side, and you lift up the tongue, if you can't release it up very far, then it's probably a pretty advanced tongue tie as well. Yeah, but everybody's going to have at least a little bit there. It's just a right. matter of if it's too much. How mobile. Exactly. You got it. Um, the other thing that tongue ties can affect is speech. So oftentimes we'll hear of kids that have been in speech therapy and they're just not getting anywhere. They have issues with formulating certain consonant sounds um, that need the front two teeth and the tongue to combine. Um, oftentimes the th sound comes out for the S's. They can't quite say an S because if you say an S, you'll notice that your tongue kind of lifts to the, the roof of your mouth. Mm. Um, and so oftentimes they'll have issues with speech. Uh, again, we had a, a friend back on the East Coast and she was having this issue with her son where he had done speech therapy for quite some time. Speech pathologist never mentioned anything, just, okay. About, let's, a, about a tongue tie. Right, let's a, bring them back issue. in and keep on working year after year. And we went on vacation with them over summer last summer and I noticed that he was growing very vertical in his face. 
um, had some black, we call them allergic shiners under the eyes, which will basically be implying that the child may have allergies or not able to nasal breathe properly, some sort of obstruction up there that's causing that, sometimes caused by environmental allergies or food allergies. Um, and then the other thing was, I, when I looked, his mouth was just open. And so instead of having a lip seal just listening, his mouth was open, which, is, which isn't normal. Um, all children and all adults should have their lips sealed 24-7, like pretty much at all time, unless you're talking or eating. Um, so we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, but the <laughs> bottom line is you should be breathing out of your nose, and we'll have a, a breathing episode later exactly. on down the road. But, right. Um, but Nance started looking at Ryan and... You know, her her friend uh, Dawn was talking about uh, some of the. She was just kind of venting about the challenges with with Ryan's speech issues and right. trying to get some progress. And it had been what like four or five years. They'd I been think something like that. Going to mm-hmm. different specialists and different kinds of therapy, mm-hmm. and, and it just wasn't getting anywhere. And so you right. you said, well, let me just take a look. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I Ryan's really really sweet. So he opened his mouth and he was like, what you know what's in there? And so I had I looked underneath and he had a really thick band and the tissue was almost like a whitish pink color. It wasn't even fleshy really color because it was so incredibly tight and just pulled. And, um, and, you know, we talked about tongue tie in any event, um, they're moving along with that. So they did have it released. He had surgery, he had a laser, um, release it in New York city. They went to a great doc there and it was, um, as far as Ryan is concerned, wasn't a horrible surgery. He's been through, he's been through quite a bit. So, I mean, he's, he was a tough kid. He got through it great. Um, and now they're doing the exercises, which we'll talk you know, about myofunctional in in the future for sure. But, um, but Ryan's how, how old Ryan now? Is he nine? I think he's nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he just had this done. Right. And uh, yeah, and, and, and as Nan said, we'll get into some of the therapy and exercises. But you know, the bottom line is you you don't Check you for can't it. just clip it and release it on a child of that age. Then you know, there's probably some exercises and therapy that then you need to do. But with the newborn. Um, is it is just as I mean you can't get a newborn to do exercises. The so mom it's just does have to kind of stretch in there for a couple of weeks afterwards. So they teach you how to get your finger in there and just stretch like a few times a day. And moms, I mean it's it's tough because moms don't want to have the child in any kind of uncomfortable or pain, but the soothing part of it is then they get to feed right after. So you go in there and you kind of massage it a little bit and just make sure that those muscles don't get lax again and then the baby feeds but they're able to get their tongue up right after and then you just keep doing that every time you feed basically weren't you telling me that um when a newborn gets the tongue tie release they actually have them breastfeed right away immediately yes and it's this moment that moms have told me that they've cried right after because they felt so um, defeated, I think, by not being able to do it. And then they felt so, um, like they're able to give their baby what they needed and that they felt so good with themselves and with the child able to take from them that it was this very nice bonding experience and that they would feed baby and, and they would just like sit there crying because it was just such a, a nice moment. If you want to read up more on tongue ties, there is a great book out there written by Dr. Richard Baxter, and he is a dentist, but he wrote a great book about being tongue-tied and all of the things that it affects. Um, It affects TMJ and pain and sleep apnea down the road and all these things we're going to address, but just a little teaser out there about all these things that can be 
caused from this little simple piece of tissue that really isn't supposed to be there. Oh, you know what I was going to mention really quick? Hmm. Back in the day, this dates back to the 1800s. Do you know what they used to do in the hospital? What? They would grow a fingernail. The nurses would grow a fingernail. And you know what they would do right when baby came out? I don't know if I want to know. They would just clip it with their fingernail. But then, number one, we kind of wear gloves now. It sounds kind of gross. It sounds gross, but oh my goodness. It's probably why we have such an epidemic right now with people with tongue ties and women getting frustrated and going to the bottle. Seems but, a little counterintuitive that so many kids would have an issue with it that it, um, that naturally we shouldn't come out. Do something most about us, it, right? Well, most of us would come out of the womb and not need our tongue tie clipped. Right. It's an embryologic thing. It happens. It's one of those things that um, it's the it, so it's the same transformation that happens. It's called apoptosis. This is getting really deep, but apoptosis is where certain things kind of um, go away, and it's the same thing as the um, like when people have webbed fingers, and mm. obviously they're webbed as an embryo, mm. but then they deweb as you get older, mm. as you grow in the womb. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is supposed to happen to the tongue is that you are supposed to get rid of that um, extension of your tongue and it's an embryologic thing. There so, are so many things that we don't even realize. So it could be something with our diets or environment, you know, when, when women are pregnant or something that is, is I don't making know, that Dave. Happen, it hasn't gone that deep. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is about the apoptosis. <laughs> the apop apoptosis for the day. <laughs> yeah. Thing stops so, it. <laughs> just to just to wrap up, what what do we think are our main takeaways we want people to get out of today? Takeaway is if you are frustrated as a mom and not able to breastfeed, get a second opinion. There are so many people out there. Look for people that specialize in this. They're all over the country. You do have to do a little bit of searching, but as I mentioned during episode one, if you need someone in a state, I know people, somehow I know them everywhere, all the way to Australia, New Zealand, around the country, Alaska, Hawaii, somehow. I don't know. We have these connections. So just tongue tie <laughs> is a question to ask. Exactly. And exactly. then... Uh, the second main thing is um, breastfeeding isn't just important for mama's milk and the bond, but also... Also for form and function and yeah. development of the mouth and creating not only beautiful smiles, but beautiful functional smiles and healthy, healthy function, healthy body. The Julia Roberts smile that the, we're all after. The Julia Roberts smile. Yes, exactly. Um, to wrap it up, thank you so much for listening today. And we hope you continue to follow us and subscribe if you like listening to us. And um, we look forward to having you follow us in future episodes as well. Okay, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening.